Welcome to Checkmates Go! Season 2, Episode 6. The internet is used for a great many things, but the one thing that I think we all use is email. Email itself is something that has existed longer than the internet itself, but it certainly became a lot more useful when you have a globally connected network that can exchange messages. The standards for internet email were originally created in the 1970s, and I suspect that an email from that time period wouldn't look that different than an email looks today. Like many early internet standards, security was added after the fact to email. They were not baked into the standards to begin with. I remember when I first played with SMTP back in my college years, and I learned just how trivial it was to spoof an email from anybody. Of course, this was before the commercial internet, and now, it, of course, email is used for commercial purposes and very malicious purposes. When I talked with Tim Otis and Ray Shippers from the Checkpoint Incident Response Team, they told me that email is still a very common way to gain a foothold in an environment. Then Tim explains what happens next. We're seeing cases where threat actors are able to move laterally within email, if, if you know what I mean. Like, if I can compromise a certain user in an environment and I can get their credentials and log in as them, I can send further fishes into the environment as them from their own email to, to existing threads that are trusted kind of and established. And that is allowing a lot of threat actors to move laterally within the, uh, like a, 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 an email system mostly cloud-based email systems. Uh, Office 365 is the biggest one we see, but they're, they're able to move laterally, use established threads and establish relationships uh, to, to leverage the trust from those things and send further phishing emails, uh, get more and more and more credentials, mo keep moving them around and moving around until they get somebody in accounts payable or, or CFO or something at that level and are able to do uh, some, some kind of fraudulent wire transfer of some kind and uh, steal some cash. Yeah, so a good example of that is uh, a case we had uh, not that long ago at a university in Australia. One of their members of uh, teaching staff um, was building a new house. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the builder was compromised, and so they sent him a fish. Uh, the attacker sent a phishing PDF as the builder. He fell victim to that, uh, and then they logged in, saw he was a uh, an area kind of uh, professor, and he was doing some research with some research staff. And so rather than sending another phishing email or a follow-on email, they just used the collaboration tools from the university against them. So in, case, in this case, they created a PDF saying, hey, here's a new document relevant to our research. Uh, they uploaded it to OneDrive and just right-clicked in OneDrive and hit share with team. Uh, and so Microsoft you know, judicially sent off a notification to all of, all of uh, his team members that says, hey, your boss has sent you a new document. Uh, click here to look at the document. They opened the document, had a link to view in air quotes a secure document that was themed and branded with the university's logo and everything. And they logged in and they got compromised and that compromise led to the compromise of their colleagues. And uh, in the end, uh, we had over 500 compromised accounts uh, within a period of uh, a few days. Um, so it's amazing how quickly um, that can spread laterally. Uh, another case we had was... Um, a CFO 
was uh, compromised. He had demanded for the end of quarter that they remove multi-factor authentication because he was having some issues with his phone. He got fished, um, and the attackers then logged in and uh, read their SharePoint. And in the SharePoint, it was documents about all the new partners they were investing in, all, all the uh, upcoming projects this organization had. And so the attackers created uh, two impersonation domains and spent the next uh, two days just emailing themselves backwards and forwards from the CFO's account, impersonating the chairman of the board, uh, the CEO, uh, other board members. And what they were building up uh, was actually an email thread that appeared to be between the CFO, the CEO, the board, uh, and the chairman of the board on a funding sign-off for, a new, uh, for investing in a new startup. And so they built this huge email thread with the correct timestamps and everything, and everything looked really legit. They used the right names. They wrote in the style of everyone inside the organization as well because they were reading all the emails between the CFO and the board and everybody else. And then uh, they put, and then at the last minute, uh, they then forwarded that email to uh, the CFO's team, to an accountant, to say, hey, as you can see, the chairman of the board and everyone has agreed that we're going to fund this new startup, you know, high fives to everyone, champagne. Can you please pay them this half a million dollars? Um, and the CFO didn't realize this was going on. The attackers had created a rule so that he didn't see all these email communications going backwards and forwards. And what caught the attackers out in this case was um, where the, they wanted to send the investment to Hong Kong. This company had no business, no partners in Hong Kong. So the accountant went, well, that's a bit unusual. I'll ask the boss, you know, how he wants me to transfer the money to Hong Kong. And so the accountant dutifully went up to the CFO and asked, hey, what's up? Um, and they replied, uh, well, what do you mean transfer money to Hong Kong? I didn't ask for that. Uh, and that's how they discovered the compromise in the end. And they were very lucky that uh, they didn't lose any money in this case. But we're definitely seeing a lot of lateral movement inside of organizations through email. So in that case, how long was the uh, was the malicious actors, uh, I don't know, present and f- following along to be able to craft something that, well, looked legitimate and, and totally, you know, the, the, to an untrained person, it would be, uh, okay, that looks, that looks like a normal conversation. It took them four days. So from time of access to um, nearly getting the money was four days. And how did they get in? Because it's because you know I guess with Office three sixty five the only you know, first of all shutting that down to everybody's probably not a not an option right it's it's not something you can do but um, but certainly credentials uh, you know I guess the only thing I can think of is that maybe they had easily guessed credentials and yeah turned off two factor authentication like you said yeah the, it was a phishing email in, in a lot of these cases it's phishing emails uh, phishing emails these days are getting so good so well crafted that it's um, you know, it, it's easy for it's easy for end users to fall victim to it. Well, and I would say even for those of us who have been in the industry for a long time, right? It, it, they're they're getting good, and it used to be that there was a telltale signs, and you can kind of tell, and you know, and you know, between email clients making it much harder to find the you know show source and sh- and show all the headers and you can kind of look at it and go that doesn't look right or that looks normal um you know, which is you know one way to tell those things and then uh you know and, and yeah just people's web design skills or you know ability to copy is 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 getting so much better so it's uh um yeah it's it's some and, and if, especially if it's something uh that is geared to that specific person right uh, if you if you know something about that person and you pick a topic i mean i think you can socially engineer anybody um if you pick the right topic and the right situation and you know the right time or whatever you um even the most security aware person could potentially fall victim to uh, you know to something I, I suppose 
Not only that, I think we're training our end users to trust security products maybe a little bit too much with link rewriting. So with something like SafeLinks, which is pretty much on for most organizations in 0365, just the name says, hey, every time you click on this link, it's safe. We got it for you. You're covered. Uh, and you can't actually look at the links. Like, yeah, if you're a techie, you can kind of reverse engineer what what the actual end link is. But for your end user, it's just gibberish because it's just safelinks.microsoft, uh, whatever. And then the uh, actual end URL is encoded in that. And so you're with that, you're effectively training your users to say, hey, if I click on this link and it's not blocked, it must be safe because it's called safelinks. Uh, and I think that's not helping. Also, the attack, the threat actors seem to be getting very good at uh, preventing us security companies from picking up on the uh, different kind of phishing sites. So what we're seeing, for example, is uh, they know uh, and they encode in the URL who the victim is. And if you hit that uh, phishing URL without the right encoding or without the the right ID number or whatever technique they're using today, uh, they actually redirect you to Wikipedia or, or, or a uh, harmless site. Uh, and so that's kind of uh, making life more difficult for IR teams and for security companies to find these phishing pages in an automated manner. Yeah, I suppose if you're yeah you're coming from the wrong location, right? You hit a particular uh, you hit a particular link and it goes, oh yeah, I'm going to send you to Wikipedia. But even that could be kind of suspicious, I guess. It's there's a there's lots of uh, you know yeah there, there's there's a lot of tricks being played. And yes, there's a lot more security software that's that's catching a lot of things. But uh, you know some of the more clever adversaries, of course, are changing their tactics and and trying to get through. And yeah, it's ultimately a social engineering exercise though. To, if, if if the if the uh, if the vector is phishing, right? It's uh, you know people still have to be aware and yeah we can educate users and, and deploy all the best tools and and everything but but you know let's face it mistakes are going to be made uh and uh things are going to things are going to get through and and you know somebody's going to uh, maybe even accidentally click the link and all of a sudden they're uh you know they're owned we had a we had a case where you know an an, an it based email alias was sent undeliverable email messages and that was the thing it you know five five messages undeliverable to an IT help desk in office 365 email address and it, and the body of the message is please click here to you know to 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 see the undeliverable messages uh very very effective against the IT team and we you know we saw people get compromised via that uh that that same tactic wouldn't wouldn't be great against um you know, uh, HR department or whatever, maybe it would work, but, uh, uh, just knowing the audience and the, the attacker's ability to craft that message to the target is, is working. unfortunately in a lot of cases, I think with any phishing, right. It's, it's, it, it's going to be, um, you know, again, if you know who you're targeting, um, if you could make something that's a little bit more believable or whatever. And I mean, I, I see all kinds of weird stuff coming across the email, right. And both my personal email and corporate email and, and, and I, and, and I'm very conscious about, you know, clicking on stuff and not clicking on stuff. And, you know, and sometimes I will, you know, sometimes I'll even ask out a band, right. It's like, okay, did you actually send this email or is this something that I should be concerned about? And, and, you know, most of the time it's not, and it, but it's a, it, yeah, if you, you know, again, I think if you pick the right person, at the right time, the right topic. The attackers don't have to be right very often, right? They, they only have to be right once. We have to be right as the good guys. We have to be right all the time if we're not going to get compromised. But yeah, so, and so then once they compromise, yeah, the big thing that we're seeing pretty much every time is, is office um, rules, transport rules uh, on the user's mailbox. 
Uh, and so that's kind of the big thing that organizations kind of can start alerting on as well is, hang on, why is this um, user all of a sudden forwarding emails outbound um, back out to, to the internet? Or why, uh, or even just regular trying to review rules, like, hey, is there a, a new odd kind of rule that we're seeing popping up on multiple mailboxes? Um, typically, they're using like RSS feeds or kind of those uh, standard Outlook folders that uh, nobody ever looks into is typically where they're hiding in plain sight. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're an end user, uh, you know, potentially, if you, you know, I guess you should review your rules every so often just to make sure that there's nothing in there that looks uh, that looks odd. Absolutely. It's worth an admin's time to, if they have the, you know, ability to review new rules. Uh, we, had, we had a case with, with a small community college in the U.S. just last uh, th- two weeks ago where one of our proactive customers we work with on the front end and uh they they have a rule in place to or, or rather alerts in place to to tell them when new rules are created and and it allowed them to see that you know before before da- too much damage happened and 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 to find the the comp- uh, find a compromised account within hours of you know when 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 the actual threat actor got access to the compromised account and started creating those rules uh, they were able to, sh- you know, reset the passwords and shut, uh, disable the account temporarily within hours, which is really, really cool. A really cool story of vigilance. But those, those kind of extra, extra steps nowadays for admins is it, it, it's worth it if, if, if you can. Yeah. So are the are the providers like Microsoft or the you know Google or you know whoever else you might host your email with? Are they doing anything to make it easier to make pretend look at this stuff or even restrict, right? So, for example, um, don't allow my users to forward email out of the out of the organization. Yeah, they definitely are starting to. So, for example, now finally by default in Office three six five, logging is turned on. So we had so many cases in Office three six five where logging was not turned on uh, by the end user. So things like that that they're definitely doing, you know. But uh, in general, uh, yeah, they provide the reports, they provide the alerts. But you know, as we've seen as a security company, you know, unfortunately, not many people look at their logs. Yeah, I mean, if it, if the logs are going to dev null, as the as the saying goes, then uh, then you know, are, are the logs actually very useful? But uh, uh, so you have to actually look at them or have something look at them. Uh, you know, this is uh, you know, th- I guess this is one of the things that sim tools do. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing to start monitoring for as well for more and more organizations is impersonation domains. Um, we've had some interesting cases now, one of which we published on, on the research uh, blog uh, site is uh, how attackers man in the middle an email conversation and took off with something like a million dollars uh, because they created impersonation domains and con- uh, redirected the email flow to go through the impersonation domains instead. And they kind of reverse, and they manually then massaged all the emails between uh, a VC company and a startup. Yeah, that's that's a whole other form of uh, email compromise, right there. It's it's you know no, it, and yeah, it's because it's it's very easy to register a lookalike domain. Uh, I mean, I've done it myself uh, for my own domains, uh, but not you know, but uh, and I could see how if you're not looking very closely, uh, especially if you start uh, you know using uh, non English character sets, uh, you you could you could make something that looks exactly the same, but uh, uh, is completely different, and all of a sudden, yeah, it, that that could create some issues. So. Um, yeah, how can people defend themselves against that? Checkpoint has a product, uh, Threat Guard, that monitors that. There's also open source stuff like DNS Twist. Uh, you, you have to run that 
you know, as as an admin, you have to take the time or or maybe set up a cron job or whatever to run that and send the report and and take time to look at it. But it, the there there are tools out there where we can we can run we can run them and and use see these 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 one-off characters or, or or kind of weird characters that that look like our own domains but also have just have a look at the dns logs or your email uh, tra- uh flow logs as well just see where is email going uh is there an unusually low kind of uh, location for example you you know most of your users will be going to google.com but what are some of the kind of least used domains uh, inside of your environment and, and maybe have a look at uh at some of those that means you have to look at your logs and have something that maybe correlates the logs and gives you the data to say, yeah, these are the these are the domains that are that are new that uh, don't have that are, have a few messages. This might be something to look at, and yeah, you have to, you know, a, a lot of it, a lot of there's a lot of awareness and of uh, that you have to have, and you know, and and there's you know, there's I guess there's more systems and more places, and we not and we're probably monitoring them less often, and so that's you know, it's it's those anomalous events that don't happen very often that are probably the most interesting and where potentially compromise might lie. Thank you for listening to this episode of Checkmates Go. You can subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can also send us feedback via email at checkmates at checkpoint.com. Thanks for listening.